Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on MikeRicksecker.com. It's like within seconds, because I had just muted it before we went live, and then it's like, what, all of like 20 seconds, and then I kick it into live? I don't know. So, welcome to Inside the Upside Down. I'm Mike. This is Shauna. You know us. <laughs> we'll go through it all again. Um, I know it's going to be redundant for us, but... For those that are tuning into this show, maybe came in late to the previous one or you weren't able to make that one, uh, we do want to thank everybody for helping us get to 5,000 subscribers on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel. Um, it was a big goal of us, of ours, to get there. And so, um, you know, all weekend long, uh, Shana was uh, pushing it out there um, yesterday. Uh, you know, Vanessa, Donna, Candy Orton were, were getting in on the action and, and just put us over the top. And so, um, yeah, it's uh, you know, really just from you know deepest of our hearts. Thank you for helping us get there. Ten thousand is the next goal by my birthday, and what we're doing right now is a giveaway uh, for reaching that goal. And that is a Hunter Road Media T-shirt of your choice. This is one of them, the Edge of the Rabbit Hole, and we've got a couple of others. Maybe you'll get a designer to addition uh, by this time next week. So we'll do the drawing next week. You have to let us know through a different social media means other than YouTube uh, to let us know. So send a message on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and uh, just let us know you want to be entered in the contest, and we'll get you in there. So that and June 9th is our event at Mineral Springs in Alton, Illinois. Uh, we still have to put the details and the event page and all that stuff together, but we've been letting people know to uh, go ahead and mark their calendars. So um, there you go. That's it. So now that you can hear us. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and people are like, yeah, no big deal. Put a note to remind you. I, I know. <laughs> it's like I was just reminding myself second, <laughs> seconds beforehand. And then it's like I'm juggling all this stuff with, within those couple of seconds. And then, you know, I just missed it. So, so it's the replay. I'm sorry. The people on the replay are going to be like, it's this. <laughs> okay. So what we wanted to talk about tonight was ghosts. Poltergeist, hauntings, all different types of uh, paranormal activity. Sean, I think this was your idea. I think we were sitting there like, what are we going to talk about this week? And um, you kind of tossed it out there. I think it was because of a discussion that we were having. And so I was like, well, let's talk about, you know, all these different types of paranormal activity. You know, what's a ghost? You know, what's a residual haunt? What's a, you know, what's a poltergeist? You know, what are these different types of entities that we talk about? I mean, shoot, we could talk about wraiths, banshees, shadow people, whatever. You know, what are these different types of entities? So, um, I know you usually have a, a pretty good definition of residual haunt. So, we could start there, if you'd yeah, like. Yeah, I, I had to, um, the poltergeist one interested me because I had always thought that it was because, you know... I had always thought it was because of one thing and um, had actually been exposed to it and I guess didn't even know it. So yeah. um, I always assumed that it was just some really strong, you know, something other than just a noisy ghost. And if that's the <laughs> case, then I've been having all kinds of poltergeist activity. So yeah, the, uh, it, yeah, the definition is just, you know, poltergeist is, German word just means noisy ghost and 
I know in recent years, we've kind of attributed this to a, um, a, a lot of times a, a young teenage girl who's, um, you know, manifesting quote unquote poltergeist activity, which, okay, fine. I, I, I believe that, you know, they are manifesting poltergeist activity. And so, you know, I've actually been on cases like that. Um, but that's not, people have now just made that like exclusive of this is what a poltergeist is. And it's like, no, they, it's, that's the type of activity that they're generating through what's going on with them emotionally and their, um, abilities that they're just not aware of that are, that are projecting. But, you know, a, you know, real poltergeist is what you experienced at the cafe. And I'd love for you to just, you know, kind of describe what was going on that night because it just absolutely fascinates me. It's one of the reasons why I just love to get into this cafe that is inaccessible at this point. Yeah, it was it was pretty fascinating to me too, actually. Um, and I mean, before that night, we had had so many different kinds of activity going on, um, so many different voices so many different anything that you could possibly think of um it had happened in that building and that building had a lot of history and it's had a lot of things you know happen there um but that particular night uh, we were there for an investigation just like any other night only we had a skeptic with us and when i say skeptic i mean he was you know ha 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 you know oh what was that and laugh about it you know and and, um, you know, I had a feeling that before the end of the night was out, his mind was going to be changed, but I didn't realize how um, dramatic it was going to be when it changed. Um, right. We had just your regular run-of-the-mill activity, um, you know, footsteps, which we kind of blow off, and um, until it started to sound like there was furniture moving around upstairs. And, you know, we'd had, you know, random cases of that, but this sounded like um, heavier furniture moving upstairs and uh, right above us, which would have meant that it was, um, there was an apartment upstairs and it would have been the kitchen area. And it really, other than, you know, the stove, which is kind of like bolted to the wall and, you know, um, there was a chair that just materialized up there one day. Like... Just out of nowhere. We don't know how... Yeah, we don't know how it got there. Actually, what had happened was the refrigerator door was open, and it looked like somebody tried to shove it in there. So wow. uh, we have no idea. Now, I'm the only one that goes upstairs. I was the only one that went upstairs because I was the only one that was brave enough to stand on step to go through this whole cubby hole, you know. Um, so I was the only one going up there. And furthermore, there is not a hole big enough for that chair to go into. So we're still confused as to how it got there. But anyway, we started hearing the furniture moving around. Um, There's no indoor plumbing in there. It had been a functioning business at one time, but um, the business closed, and so they just shut everything off, electricity, plumbing, everything. And um, she could still use the restroom. You just had to, you know, take a jug of water with you, and and the plumbing worked that way. Um, So because of the activity in the building, uh, we had all decided that probably nobody who didn't feel comfortable being alone in the building or in a room should be in a room. So if you wanted to go somewhere and you didn't want to go alone, then people went with you. Um, so somebody had to use the restroom. And um, 
it was like a dining area. It was a cafe slash thrift store. Uh, we were in the dining area of the cafe, and then there was this little ramp that led up into the kitchen area. And um, there was a lot of times you'd hear that ramp creak, so you knew that, you know, if you heard that ramp creak, something, you know, was walking on it. And you could always hear it. It was unmistakable. Um, so we all decided as a group to head towards the back of the building where the bathroom was. And as soon as we, um, all of us had cleared that ramp and made it into the next room, uh, something slammed uh, the door on us uh, with enough force to, you know, shake the building. I mean, it was just a deafening uh, noise. Scared the crap out of me, of course, because, you know, not only was I not the last one, because I'm never the last one, but, um, you know, we had made it well past the entryway, whatever it slammed. And so we were all like, you know, what the hell? So by that time, uh, the person that had to go to the bathroom really had to go to the bathroom at that point. And um, so she went. And then we're all just kind of standing there, like, wondering, um, you know, what had slammed the door so hard? You know, what was on the other side? You know, and we're paranormal investigators, so... You know, that's kind of what we go for. You know, you want to see stuff like that. If you right. don't want to see stuff like that, then you shouldn't go, you know, because <laughs> right. that stuff is going to happen sometimes. Um, so then I announced before we opened the door that I was going to open the door. I'm going to go first, of course, because I never go last. And um, open the door and standing right there were all, I think, one, two, three, four, there's probably five or six of us at that point, and we all saw this giant um, shadow figure standing there. And I would, if I had to guess, it was pretty close to, it was well over six feet. And That's I, pretty big. Well yeah. over, and it was pretty, it was pretty broad too. I mean, it, it was pretty good size, but we all saw it just standing there. Um, couldn't see any features or anything like that. But it stood there, and then it um, started walking over towards the other side of the room. I guess walking. I didn't really notice that there were legs. It just moved uh, to the other side of the room, and then it was just gone. Um, and we had candles lit out in the other room, so, okay. you know, it's not like it just disappeared into darkness or anything like that. I mean, it just was there, and then it moved across the room, and then it just wasn't there anymore. So, uh, so we went out and sat at the table. And decided to kind of, you know, plan another, well, what our next move was going to be after all that. And if we should change the line of questioning, you know. Uh, we sat there for maybe a minute. And I just got this blast of fear. Um, and I was actually scared uh, to be in the building anymore. And, you know, I don't usually get, like, terrified, like, scream, run from the building. No, you don't. Scare, but I just... No. I just knew something bad was going to happen. I felt something bad was going to happen. So I grabbed my stuff, and I stood up, and I was like, i got to get out of here. We need to go. And um, it didn't take me long to make it towards the door, right? So I was the first one there. And everybody else was blowing out candles and grabbing their stuff and making tracks for the door. Um, Mr. Skeptic included, who <laughs> I know didn't know what to think after the shadow experience and the door slammed. So... 
because till then he had never seen anything like that before. So, uh, so anyway, from my spot at the entrance to the building, I was looking across the room, and um, there was a sheet of plastic covering one of the doorways, and I didn't see anybody, but something split it like right down the middle. Um, that kind of that that bothered me a lot because it was just a nice clean slice right down the window. Yeah. I mean, there was just or right down right right down the plastic. So I was like, oh my god, you know. And um, everybody's running towards the door at that point, and um, we're in a thrift store part of it at that point. And across the room, I see um, these metal shelves that were up near the ceiling, and they're um, being like tossed off tossed off the walls. Um, there's a clothes rack uh, that was shoved to the side, and everybody had made it out of the building except for. Uh, my friend Rita and uh, the skeptic, who was uh, second to last, and as soon as she cleared the doorway and we all made it safely out uh, from across the room at, I would say, 3 o'clock, um, this bookcase was sitting on the floor, and it's a couple of shelves high, and it was full of books, uh, and it had some stuff sitting on top of it as well and it came up off the floor and flung across the room and bounced off of the doorway where we were at and went into the next room so uh, we shut the door we didn't bother locking the building at that point right. and um, our skeptic had ran out and he was still running around in circles asking us what was he supposed to do where was he going to go and he was just <laughs> terrified you know, and, um, you know, and whenever I think back to that night, um, nothing that we had asked was disrespectful. Right. Um, nothing different than what we usually ask. Um, you know, nobody provokes anybody. You know, now there were a couple of spirits in that building that, um, in life didn't deserve anybody's respect. And so yeah, I was going to say that money. there's a... Uh... Yeah. There is at least one that in particular that was a pretty nasty, nefarious guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, one of them for sure was related to me by marriage back right. through the years. Um, and then the other one was just, uh, he was just a nasty person. I mean, and we, we had had countless EVPs of, um, a male spirit, it had to be one of the two, um, saying really rude things to the women that came in there, and he um, put his hands on us, and it just, he was just terrible. And of course, that is where Ectogasm came So where Ectogasm came well. in, yes. Well, for anybody who has not heard that story, <laughs> that, that's where that It was came. pretty prevalent on the last show, so yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you know, we, we have audio. If you ever wonder if, you know, a spirit likes to have a little fun with himself, um, the answer is yes. They do that. So, um, was it residual? Maybe. You know, we caught it on audio, but uh, the ectogasm moment, I don't feel like that was residual. No, no, I would definitely say it's not residual. Um, everything else that you're talking about beforehand, things getting thrown around, the bouquets, um, all of that, I mean, that would be that would be classified as, as poltergeist activity. So, 
Yeah, I know you didn't really know beforehand that that's what you would chalk it up as, but um, yeah, that's really yeah, what it is. Yeah, I mean, what I, what I did know, or what I did assume, you know, and I could see how people would think, you know, something that violent, you know, oh my God, it's a demon. Well, no, that wasn't a demon, it was just a nasty guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I have never felt... I have never felt anything demonic, and I would like to think that um, I would know the difference. Um, you know, like I said, I've been compelled to exit a building quickly. Uh, I've been surrounded by pretty negative energy before, which I just always 99.9% .9 of the time assume is just an angry human spirit. Yeah. Um, you know, this this is not TV, and I'm not trying to gain any ratings from anybody. <laughs> not so trying to get possessed while you're there? Yeah, it's going to not be a demon to yeah. me. I mean, you know, if that's what it takes to be whatever, then that's not going to happen here. So, yeah. so I do need to thank Tom McNicholas for the super heart on Periscope and all the hearts that are being tossed out out there. Absolutely appreciate that. So, yeah, so that's a, you know, that, that's poltergeist activity. That's what it would be, is, you know, anything being thrown around, um, you, know, you know, the bookcases falling over. I mean, for, for me, probably the most prevalent um, poltergeist activity would have been the, uh, the picture of Lord Lizzie Borden crashing to the stairs, which was just after the, um, the bureau drawer had been slammed shut. This was at Stone Lion Inn. So those are the types of things that get um, attributed to that so um, you know may not necessarily be one particular spirit very well could be um, could be a um, you know again you know what's kind of come out these days are these um, uh, young people that are able to they don't really don't understand what's going on with them and you know they are manifesting this energy that is doing things around their house um, so that gets chalked up to paranormal activity or, or poltergeist activity um, a poltergeist would be like one specific spirit that's doing all this stuff. So, um, but that's very different than something like a residual haunt. And I know a couple of people in there were, were throwing up a residual haunt. Um, so we could talk about that real quick. And so basically that's the, you know, the playback of a, of something that's happened before a playback on a, of an event. Somehow the energy has been captured in that area and we don't really know why it is but it's getting kicked off and, and played back and we're there to see it so sometimes you see these you know spirits walk through walls or it, it may even just be you know something audio that kicks off and it's always you know the same time of night or same you know same day or um, it might be you know on the anniversary or something or just it might not even be on any particular day but it's the same sound it's the same voice the same words what have you so something like that is not you know intelligent and shauna i know that you say you don't even consider it a haunting it's just energy being played back and i and i tend to agree with that yeah to me a haunting is something that will interact with you um i mean technically the building is being you know haunted by this energy this residual energy, but to me, a true haunting is something that interacts with you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it's, my opinion. That's that's what I think. Yeah, because if you think of the word haunt, and I think we discussed this the other day, if you think of the word haunt, like in in conjunction with yourself, when you talk about a place that you like to frequent, or like an old childhood haunt, uh, it's some place that you would go and you would hang out in some place that you would frequent. You know, and you are an intelligent person. You know, doing these different things. Um, these residual haunts, quote unquote, um, aren't doing that. I mean, they're just—it's just—it's just a playback. It's like watching a movie. And so there's a theory out there called stone tape theory, which really plays into this, in that you know whether it's stone or metal or what have you, somehow that energy gets trapped inside there, and then there's something else that is able to trigger that's able to kick it off and make it play back. So if you think of like a cassette tape that you know you have your magnetic tape that's in there and then you have your you know read right head you know for you know maybe not trying to get too technical but there's something that kicks it off with the with the mechanical device you know you pressing the button electricity you know getting put into that you know to make it play back through the speakers we don't know what it is that makes it play back but like on a magnetic tape this energy this data really is trapped within the surroundings and there's something that kicks it off and makes it play back. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how I, a villain that's got a lot of footsteps in it, you know, yeah, like Campsville, you know, Campsville grade school. Yeah. Yeah. I know with Campsville grade school, you chalked it up to that. Um, I guess Carrie Parrish wants to, um, share a experience at the Stanley Hotel, a residual haunt there. So go ahead, throw it in there, and uh, and we'll share that. But, yeah, those footsteps at the Campsville Grape School, I mean, they were awesome. You know, <laughs> you know, we heard them all the time, back and forth, back and forth. And we tried for a while to see if there was any sort of intelligence back behind there, but we, we never really could determine that there was any intelligence behind it. You know, um... You know, we looked up there. We we even did all kinds of historic research to, to see if there was some sort of second floor that had once been there, if there was a different building that was on the property that it had a second floor. You know, it was a one-floor building. We kept hearing all these footsteps from a floor that didn't exist. Your dad came along with and got a ladder, and we went up in there, and there's there's just rafters up there in the attic. So. Um, yeah, that was, um, <laughs> Jessica Shea says, no matter how many times someone explains residual haunt, I don't get it. Thanks, Mike. I get it now. It's not an actual haunt. It's a replay. Yep. Exactly what it is. So I don't want to get off this topic just yet because I'm waiting for, uh, for Carrie. So Carrie just put continue at the beginning of your post after the HRM part. So I'm going to, I guess, scroll through here and try to find it if it's already in here somewhere. Um, or maybe you're telling Carrie to do that. So anything else you want to add about residual haunts, Shauna? Um, I think, I mean, I've even seen, uh, you know, an apparition, you know, before that I thought, you know, was a residual on. I mean, I guess it could come in the form of anything. Um, 
I did I did see one uh, an apparition one time in a cafe, but it just uh, came and went a couple of times throughout the night and didn't look at anybody and didn't respond when I called out. So, um, yeah, a residual, you know, haunt doesn't always have to be, you know, a noise. It can be, I think it could be, you know, an object or a person too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, yeah, it, it could, you know, that's interesting. It could be an object, you know, like a let's for instance you know like a ghost car you know we've we've heard tales of you know haunted roads in fact this friday we're going to uh our friday night ghost rights is going to be on haunted roads but you hear about phantom cars that you know driving down the road and you you see the car and it wasn't really there so it does show up as it is an object sometimes too and how it gets captured and maybe it's in the road you know, um, I don't know. Although, you know, there are intelligent, um, <laughs> there are intelligent ghost cars as well, but there are certainly residual ones that just, that just play back. So, um, you know. I saw that once at an intersection here, so I just chalked it up that, you know, maybe it was one that was involved in an accident or something at that particular point. Mm-hmm. And it was just playing back on the, um, maybe on the anniversary of it, or, you know, I have no idea. I mean, I've been here for about three or four years, but I only saw it, you know, just one time, I guess maybe I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. You know, and you also hear stories about places like old battlefields, like Gettysburg, where people will see what they think is a reenactment. And they'll see all these soldiers in formation marching and, you know, they go off into the woods somewhere or whatever. And, they approach the the park service and say, "Wow, well, you guys had a, a really good reenactment put on today." And the park service is like, "We had no reenactment scheduled for today," so they had basically seen, you know, something from, you know, the the Civil War play out right before them. But again, that's just that's just residual. It's just a playback. So it's, you know, you're you're seeing, you're almost like seeing a movie play out before your eyes of of the past. So it's to me, it's a fantastic way if you can a residual haunt to see a playback of something that had happened so um bridget willis is saying i've had a car drive right through us and when we looked back it was gone we thought for sure we were hit i braced for the hit and nothing it was just gone so that's really interesting so um i'm waiting on on carrie here carrie we need to get moving forward here to the next topic so um (laughs) Um, so maybe it was a reenactment, Fungi, maybe it was a reenactment rehearsal. <laughs> um, no, it was just, that, that's what some of these reports are, though, is that, you know, not a reenactment rehearsal, they would have, they would have figured that out, <laughs> but they've just, you know, seriously seen a, you know, something from back in the Civil War that just played out before their eyes, so... Um, from Lenora, what does it mean when you bump into something solid that's not there? So, what would you call that? I mean, because I mean, we—I mean, it's a man. I guess it would be a manifestation of of energy of an entity that's there. Um, I've never bumped into a wall that wasn't there before, but. Um, 
you know, people and things that you can't necessarily see. Sure, that's happened. Well, usually you feel like the static or the maybe cold or something like that. Um, Shana, I know you felt a number of different things. Yeah, I've, I've never bumped into anything solid, you know, that wasn't there. I've been touched by many things. Yeah. People, whatever. Um, and some of, I don't, I don't ever get the cobweb feeling. Um, I get uh, tingles or I'll feel colder in one spot, wherever it's going on. And um, at Mineral Springs, it actually felt like, you know, somebody had grabbed my hand. And so I grabbed back. I thought it was you. If I hadn't have known that you were not even close to me, I would have thought that you just reached out and held my hand, but I knew that that wasn't true. So, um, you know, and then there was, I don't know. um, Yeah, I've been been grabbed more than anything else. Right, yeah, you seem to get grabbed a bit. Like down in uh, the pool area of Mineral Springs, you've called the guy Mr. Fast and Grabby. Um, that was in the Goldenrod first. The first Mr. Fast and Grabby Fast was in the Goldenrod, yeah. Yeah, Fast and Grabby originated there. Yeah. Um, Thomas asking, does the Mineral Springs Hotel heat? Um, the parts that they're using right now are heated. Um, there, there is an option to, to heat the cool, the cooler parts, but because nobody's using them for, for business or deliver or anything like that, they to keep that off of course they don't want to waste the you know or or you know let the utility bill go crazy so <clears throat> um at um okay rika from rika yamakaze what does it mean when a shadow person just looks down on you while you're in bed oh i guess i can answer that one uh because i have had a shadow person look down on me in bed uh a little bit different experience, though, is that it crossed my arms and then ran off down the hall. I still really don't know what that means. Some people have suggested that they were putting me into a burial pose because they, for whatever reason, thought I was dead. Um, shadow people are very mysterious beings. We, A lot of times we don't really know what it is that they want. They're not all evil. They're not all bad. Some are. Um but we are still trying to figure out what their motives are. You know, why do they appear in our rooms? Why do they sometimes just stand there and look at us? Why did that one interact with me? Um, you know, we're not really sure yet. Uh, so basically what we can do at this point is just kind of catalog all the different experiences that people have had and, and see what are some of the you know, common, thing, the common themes that each of these experiences have between them. So that's one of the things I'm doing with my upcoming book is I'm uh, trying to put all those different things together like that. So um, I think we've got something from Carrie here. Um, let me try to go back. So Carrie, the first thing that I have from you, it seems like you've already started writing it, but all I've got is I looked back at the sailors and they were soaking wet, splayed with bullet holes. I have nothing before that. And then I have, I was so shocked I couldn't respond and felt the hand on my arm. It was Kevin. He was there to tell me to come back to our room. I have nothing before that. So I, I'm, I'm sorry, we didn't get your story, uh, except for that very end part. So everything else has been everybody else talking. 
Um, okay, so um, you know, got Rika's uh, from Nelly Moen. When people are depressed, do all of them create a poltergeist, or what creates one? So, yeah, that's that's kind of the more modern version of poltergeist activity. And basically what's going on is there's something going on within this person, whatever turmoil that they're feeling, whether it's depression, whether it's anger, whatever it is, that energy keeps building and building and building and building. And without them really realizing it, it is um, expanding from them and it is making other things around them react. Other objects around the house um, can affect other people around them negatively, can affect the pets. So all these different things are happening around the house because of this energy that is expanding out of them. They just don't even realize that. So that is that is one form of, of poltergeist activity. It's kind of like, like I said, a more modern version of it um, as, as we've come to understand that, you know, people are, we, we are all bundles of energy. And so... Um, you know, we, we, we manifest energy, we connect with people on energy, um, you know, we can, you know, pick up on, pick up on energy from around us, even from distances, if, if you have, uh, those types of abilities. So, um, yeah, that's, it, it's, uh, one of those areas that we're continuing to learn more about. Um... So, what else do we have? Um, from Rin Oak, there are non-physical entities everywhere. Well, sure. I mean, people talk about... Um, I mean, I, I believe that around us is a world that we can't see. That if that quote-unquote veil was to be lifted up from our eyes, that we would see all these different entities around us. You know, people talk about their spirit guides. Um, I've been told by a couple different people that uh, I have 10. I don't know why a couple different people have told me that many, but um, so apparently if the veil is to be lifted, I, I would be like pretty well crowded out. <laughs> um, you know, so there, there's a lot of different types of entities that are around us that we just don't even know about or realize. I mean, you, you might even have the spirit of a loved one near you right now and don't even realize and they're just there to kind of check in and visit. So, um, so we haven't really talked about just, you know, what's, what's a ghost? Shauna? It's energy. <laughs> it could be energy of, you know, somebody that's passed into the next, into the next life, into the next realm, into the next, well, however you see that. However you think of it. Um, just energy energy from something that's already happened well but what about the the people but the, the, yeah it's you know a true human uh spirit that's you know a ghost to me so to anybody i would think i'm pretty sure that we would probably all agree at least with that definition you'd be surprised sometimes <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, you're... oh, well, I know, I know. I mean, there's some people that, you know, if it's not you, you know, if it's not a human, 
you know, then everything that's not alive is a demon. I know there's well, that. yeah, there's yeah, there's there's those people but... out there that think that. I disagree with them respectfully. Yeah. But. But yeah. That's um, their belief, but. But yeah, you know, a you know, spirit, you know, of a person that had once been alive and is now just you know, walking I guess walking upon the earth just without a body anymore. And so that's to me that's for the most part what we interact with. You know, all these other different supernatural entities that are out there, you know, like shadow people, you know, like you know, sure, there there are real demons that are out there. Um, you know, like you know, any of these other, you know, shoot, whether it's a, a cryptid or, um, you know, even like fairies, you know, supernatural uh, being, you know, those are a lot more on the rare side. And I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's times where I hear these stories from from people, and it's like every time you talk to them, they have they've had a different interaction with a different supernatural entity and it's like wow there's like kind of like going through the whole monster manual here and um but (laughs) (laughs) you know you got a new one every day but really those interact and a lot of those supernatural entities do exist um black-eyed children or whatever but those occurrences are a lot more rare than just interacting with a person you know at what do we have there at when we're at Mineral Springs or when we were at the showboat or when we were, you know, at, um, you know, Campsville grade school or wherever we go to investigate, you know, it's sure there's some residual stuff, but most things that we've interacted with have been people, which are your ghosts. So, um, what are there? Per me, oh, this is Donna. Um, some see shadow people as evil beings, and others as just how a usual spirit. Do you think there are two kinds? I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. I. Not all shadow people are evil beings. Sure, there are evil, nasty shadow people, just like there are evil, nasty human spirits. You know. Um, a lot of people attribute the the hat man to being a nasty one. Um, the shadow people with red eyes are attributed to being a nasty one. Um, the shadow entities that I have dealt with, I haven't had any major problems with. You know, the one that even you know, even the one that crossed my arms. You know, was it really doing anything malicious to me? I don't know. You know, at, when I was a kid and that happened, at eight or nine years old. Sure, I was scared out of my mind. You know, I thought it was a you know a person was in the house and trying to do something to me. So I ran to my parents. Um, but you know, was it really do anything? You know, are some of these people that have suggested I was putting me into a burial pose? Okay, is that a bad thing? You know, um, some of the other ones that I've seen, you know, just one peeking into my bedroom. There's nothing malicious about that. Maybe a little creepy because it was just kind of peeking in. Um, and there was another. You know, at uh, I've, Talked about we just put out the shadow person video on Friday. That was the Friday night ghost rights was with shadow people, you know. Um, and you know, the one at Johnny V's, it seemed like I scared it. Um, Shauna, the one at uh, the Campsville grade school, you know, it was always kind of hanging around that um, that 
gym door that went to the boys' locker room and down the basement. Um, I don't know if it was particularly bad. It was just kind of hanging out there and looked like the size of a child. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I never, I I didn't like the basement. You didn't like the basement, uh, right? I don't like basements anyway. I don't care where it is. So it wasn't like that particular basement, you know, I didn't like um, because of something, you know, that was going on in it. I just don't like basements in general. <laughs> they just kind of creep you out a little bit. Uh, basements just kind of creep me out a little bit. Just, um, in every basement I've ever been in, um, it just seems like there's a more concentrated energy down there, and it's just hard for me to breathe in basements, and I just I just don't like them. Um, it could just be me. It's probably just me, because, you know, you go into basements. You know, everybody else I know goes into basements. I just don't like them. But I didn't feel like anything bad was down there. Um, just, I, it was just pretty busy down there for me. Um, I will say one time I went down there, um, and I didn't have any, I felt a little unsettled, a little uncomfortable. Um, but when I went down there with, um, my Hain twins, Tammy and Tanya and I went to school with, mm-hmm. um, we went down there and I was probably down in that basement for a good 15 minutes. Um, every nook and cranny of it, and I felt slightly uncomfortable, but they were just, just fine. So, um, they weren't, and we weren't investigating the basement. Right. You know, we knew it was going to be our last time in here. Right. And uh, we just wanted to make sure that no stone room door, you know, memento was left uncovered. So... Yeah. I think maybe it's because I wasn't looking for anything and I kind of just, you know, put up some pretty good walls, you know, shielded like you would not believe in order to stay down there for 15 minutes with them too, but I didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> uh, but just for some reason, when I'm, you know, in an investigative uh, mindset or if I'm with you, everything, you know, I have to really concentrate on... Right blocking stuff out yeah there's something about us being together that just makes stuff open up i don't know what that is it's our energy or something um but that basement you know there's something and there's something to be said for i don't know if it's necessarily the basement but i think we kind of ended up figuring out that was more to do with the stairs because we ended up getting what was maybe an apparition of a woman in a vintage dress there at the bottom of the stairs, and then when we tried to recreate that footage to see if we could capture the same thing, see if it was like something with the wall, matrixing, you know, with the brickwork or whatever, and we didn't get that, then that pebble was thrown out from that hallway that was down there to the bottom of those stairs. So, yeah, certainly, some, and, and that little pebble, you know, that little pebble would be considered poltergeist activity because it was thrown. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, um, it's something definitely going on there. It's a shame we can't get in there anymore. So, uh, see, per Zippy, someday. someday we'll get back in there. So, per Zippy, what age do you think our minds close out things so we don't see like we did as kids? That's a really good question. Because, um, yeah, when, when we're young, our minds are really, really open to any of that activity because we haven't been told. You know, and I think it's as, you know, as we're growing up that, 
you know, the world keeps telling us, our parents keep telling us, and you know, it's a protective thing. They're trying to protect us from the things that are, you know, ideas and what have you that are, you know, mean and nasty. They don't want us to be scared, you know, of, of things that we may not necessarily be able to see or that maybe we can or whatever. You know, so it's just a protective thing. Then telling us, you know, that's not real. And so, I don't know, Shauna, what do you think about, yeah, probably around the time that you stopped believing in Santa Claus, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old, that you kind of start closing that stuff off, which I imagine has got to be rough for, you know, a preteen girl because that's usually when they start developing a lot of abilities. I had nothing, so I'm probably the wrong Well, that's right. Have. Yeah, yeah, you, you didn't have any experiences as a child, so... That was the exact opposite. Um, right. I didn't have any fear being in a dark building, in a dark room. Um, I didn't have an imaginary friend. I didn't talk about things I, you know, was seeing or hear. I got nothing. And I didn't hear, I didn't feel, there was not a blip on my radar until I moved to Alton in, God, when was it? Um well, actually, when I first started experiencing things, which was in 2002. And that's not been, you know, an extremely long time ago in my lifetime. So, um, you know, I know that there had to be stuff going on in, in other places that I You know, my younger sister had an imaginary friend. So there was something going on, but just for some reason, I had a blind eye, a blind ear, a blind everything to it. So I tried real hard to see her imaginary friend too, but it just wasn't happening. Yeah. Um, Carrie mentioned in there, uh, Mike, I really believe your visitor that night was a rake and something scared it away. Um, yeah, I, I know you've suggested that to, to me before and I've never really th thought it was for one, the, a, a rake is supposed to have like really long claws, which it did not. At least from what I remember, it did not. Also, um, you know, and maybe they've superimposed it from old legends or whatever. But a, you know, a rake is more as as a term has come out more these days in um, Slenderman lore, which Slenderman is all fiction. Um, so I, I've never really thought of that. To me, it was it's humanoid um, shadow person. So I just. You know, some of the characteristics from what I've read just don't fit. So, um, what else do we have? Anybody else have questions? <laughs> um, yeah, because for, for me it was always, you know, and I didn't have like a lot of experiences as a kid. I had some, you know, a few. So it's it's not like I was particularly attuned, but you do hear stories of kids that, you know, they're like maybe they're seeing angels. I've heard that one before. You know, like, uh, you know, babies can see angels and things like that, which you know, I, I'm guessing is kind of pure speculation. Um, but yeah, because the kids are, you know, very uh, a lot more open-minded to that world they can pick up on things. Now, I also had, you know, here's an interesting one. Um, I did have invisible friends. And some people say that, you know, your invisible friends, for some, not all, um, 
for some kids were actual supernatural entities. And I can't say that mine were, you know, it's, I had two that I named specifically that were very odd names uh, to just kind of create and give anything or anybody, um, Gakoks and Weegeeks. <laughs> um, and all the other ones, because I had like a, a whole like little entourage of them when I would try to like play some game or whatever that required like a lot of players. You know, after that, it was like talking turtle and talking key and talking whatever, talking whatever object it was, you know. Um, but I had two that had their own specific names. So were they? I don't know. Because I don't necessarily remember seeing them either. You know, but there are people that do say that, well, you know, some of your invisible friends, if you had them, you know, or something supernatural. I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay, Donna, if poltergeist basically become an actual entity, anyone ever communicate with one? Well, a poltergeist would be a, again, it's just a noisy ghost. Um, you know, a, there, there's, I guess, okay, there's a difference between poltergeist and poltergeist activity. Poltergeist activity is the, is the manifestation of the activity that a poltergeist would perform. So when we talk about, you know, these um, teenagers that are, you know, making poltergeist activity happen, they are not actually a poltergeist, of course, because they're a human being, but they are making this activity happen around the house that is quote-unquote poltergeist activity. So an, uh, an actual poltergeist would be a ghost, not a human, a ghost that is making that activity happen. So basically what Shauna um, experience there at the cafe would have been a poltergeist and I believe Shauna you did you guys did communicate with it to some degree um, before you know all of it happened um, we made attempts to communicate with it um, before everything started happening we went on just with the regular investigation you know um, was asking, you know, who the shadow was that we saw and who slammed the door on us. And um, the only thing that we caught on audio was um, more sounds of furniture moving upstairs. And it sounded like two um, spirits, two, two of something carrying on a conversation before all hell broke loose. So... I mean, we try to just treat it as just your normal, you know, human spirit or whatever, just like we always do. But um, no idea um, who it was. I mean, if you can put a label, let's say you, you're communicating or you're attempting to communicate with someone that you know is, you know, inhabiting a place. Like there were several deaths in that building. And I had actually seen um, human, you know, spirits in there that I knew in life, you know, and um, had recognized their voice on audio. So if they do something, you know, um, if I'm interacting with them and then poltergeist activity happens, can a human spirit that you know who you're interacting with show or create, you know, do they then become someone who you know who it is? 
do they become, you know, the noisy ghost, you know, or is a poltergeist just a random? Yeah, good point. Good point. Good question. Um, Per Jimmy Pop. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say because um, the little, um, there was a little boy there, spirit of a little boy there, and I caught him on film. Byron. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard his voice many times, and he and I have interacted many times. Um, he has appeared to be as a human boy, of course, and he has appeared to me in shadow form where I had just seen him, and then the next time I saw him, he was a shadow. I mean, there's been, I've had many interactions with him. Um, and when he came to visit me at my house one time, um, I wouldn't say he was extremely noisy, but he was definitely interacting in a way that was um, that was not quiet. I mean, I've actually played. But he ball. wasn't throwing things around. No. You know, he wasn't being destructive. No. I, th- I think. I'm, no, well, that's that's kind of what a poltergeist is, in poltergeist activity is usually associated with is something that's destructive, like you were experiencing with the other one there at the cafe. Yeah. So Byron just seems to me, you know, ghost, human spirit, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, right. yeah, um, we've, all of a sudden we've got a rash of questions in here, so we'll try to handle them. Um, per Jimmy Pop, could your friends? I'm guessing the invisible friends have been thought forms given substance. Yeah, I, I really don't know because at some point that substance went away. You know, and at some point I stopped playing with my invisible friends. So if they were thought forms given substance, where did that substance go after a period of time? I don't know. You know, it's, you know, I, I would. I guess in a way I would prefer to keep it as it was just, you know, me as a creative person needing an outlet to play. And if my sister wasn't up to playing and I wasn't playing with one of the other kids in the neighborhood, I put people, <laughs> invented people to play with. Um, and, and that's, and that's the way it went down, you know, and at some point in time, I didn't need that anymore. Um, you know, but I will say what is what is really interesting is the one with uh, Wee Geeks, is that um, there was one time we were playing a game across the street at um, it was my sister's friend, but you know we all played together at times, and she had gotten a game from one of her relatives, and there were a lot of unusual names of these characters that were in this game. It was it was like almost from like another country or something, and lo and behold. It was, if I remember correctly, the character was hanging in a tree or sitting up in a tree or what have you, and the spelling of the name and the way that it was it was like that's Weeks, that's that's it. And so it was like, okay, where did my brain get that from um, to create this name in my head? And here it is, the word I'd never seen before. But once once upon looking at it, it's like, yeah, that was it. So there is that little bit of like eh, maybe there's something, but I tend to think not. So. Um, okay, this one, and this is kind of what we were talking about before in Imrio, is poltergeist activity a form of telekinesis? Um, okay, so, in, I guess when it comes to those, 
we usually chalk it up to teens because those are the ones that are having like the teen angst, the depression, the anger that's all like manifested inside um, that's pouring forth. So in a way, yeah, that is. Um, but not all parent or but not all poltergeist activity is. Um, that particular would be. So I guess uh, we could come up with other categories and compartmentalize it some more, right? Um, now, Shauna, this one's interesting. Per Rica, are the Fae only in Ireland or seen everywhere? I don't have an answer for that. Oh, <laughs> come now. What did we see on the Goldenrod? Well, what did we see? What did we see? You know, that is still up for debate. I know. Because, um, I have spoken with people since then who have seen similar yellow orb type, you know, things in their house um, that were not, you know, flitting around fairy-like exactly, but um, still look the same. So, and then the, you know, the little twinkles or whatever that we see, you know, I mean, what are those? I have no idea. Um, well, I don't know. I've never seen anything that says that the Fae only are from this area or from that area, from a specific area. You know, um, you know, they have different classifications like water sprites. Well, we were by the water. Right. Now, I mean, you know, just because something was discovered in one area, you know, how do we know that they can't, you know, travel? Right. I, mean, I have no idea. I don't have an answer. Well, so. I, I think it generally gets chalked up to, you know, Ireland and all that, because they had the fairy rings and, and all of that. But um, <clears throat> from my understanding, you know, there have been fairy sightings all over the world. Whether or not we that's what we saw on the Goldenrod, I mean... The characteristics are kind of what we generally think fairies may be, but that's something where, you know, we've kind of been fishing for information, and, and not from like all the old lore and mythology and, and all that, just you know, from real sightings. So, um, you know, Shauna, you're you're saying that you've talked to other people that have seen these different things. There was somebody that uh, commented on one of our. Oh, which it was one of our other recent videos, you know, about similar type of activity, and um, it was actually um, Native American uh, because they don't have a lot of you know like fairy lore or little people or anything like that, um, but they have seen some other things that would kind of fit the description. So, you know, it's it's one of those that because there is so much deep legend and lore and mythology that I think is going to be a tough trying to weed through what's real and what's not on that one. Um, yeah, if anybody has any other, you know, stories or... Now, Becca, uh, my friend Becca, yeah, that lived in the same town as I did, um, she has seen... She lived next to a wooded area. Um, the Catholic and the Presbyterian cemeteries were not far from her either. Um, and she has seen, she said, uh, fairy rings in the woods near her house, and that's nowhere near Ireland. So, right. Um, I personally uh, never seen them, but um, 
there well, would be sometimes light, you know, lights, you know, pop up uh, that I never really put that much, you know, thought into back then, only because um, it was also during the same time of the year that fireflies, lightning bugs could be yeah. out, so I just blew it off. I didn't um, research it. Really, well, I just knew that her house had a lot of energy on yeah. the property. Well, and I, I think there's, you also need to try to differentiate what's a real fairy ring and what isn't, which of course is going to be difficult because, you know, back in Ireland they were mistaking quote unquote fairy rings for some old small forts that were basically in ruins and they made made a stone circle. Um, there are others that are naturally occurring uh, phenomena with mushrooms you know so what is a real fairy ring what is a natural occurrence or the ruins of something that was man-made i mean it's um that all has to get researched and looked into as well so yeah there's <laughs> again there's just a lot of stuff to try to dig into on all this to try to weed out you know the, the real from the not so um per tom mcnicholas this is for you shauna um concerning byron did you hear the boy's voice naturally or through an evp uh, both. Okay. Um, I, I heard, I did hear him a lot as EVPs, um, but there there were times when I would hear him out loud, too. So uh, it was kind of a mix of both. And I, I saw him, I'd seen him more than once, mm -hmm. um, captured him one time, you know, I believe in the form of a little shadow figure, kind of like at the school, really. Um, and then the one that I wrote the book about, or wrote the story about in the Encounters book, because uh, that was probably the more significant one. But unfortunately, unless I can make my way back to the cafe, I will probably never have any interaction with him again, because once I left the area, um, that was it. Yeah. I'm going to work on Jeannie. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to... I'd like to say step foot in there, but with no floor, I, I, I guess one of these days it just led the like the plunge into there or something. Yeah, well, you know, the it's about a foot into the front door, it just caves into the cellar. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the back of the building looks like because the back door is well, it's supposed to be dead bolted. Um, there's the door up in the upstairs uh, apartment. Um, it's wired shut. I don't know what the structure of the building is like now, how stable it is now that, you know, the floor has caved in. Yeah. So it would be, it would be pretty risky, but that doesn't mean I still don't want to do it, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't care. I don't care if, <laughs> um, I don't I'll sign a waiver. Yeah, just to step inside the threshold of it yeah. again, you know, just to stand in the doorway or in the back or just to, you know, just to be able to see inside of it again, you know, that's all I need. Yeah, and I'd like to just step in for five minutes just to, just to get a sense of the energy, because I've heard so much about it from you, so, and... I mean, I became... You know, so absorbed into this field because of that place. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I had not started working there, 
And when I think of everything that had happened in that building, well, I was in it alone many nights um, and did not even realize what was above me, below me, around me. It was just random activity. Um, but there was just so much. I mean, there are still thousands of hours of audio from that place that we have not even listened to yet, wow. even after all this time, just because there's just so much of it. And I'm not talking about, well, I think I bookmark, I bookmark something here, and then, and then I bookmark something here. I mean, it was literally just like you would run out of, it was just constant chatter in that place. Yeah. And you would so often ask a question, get an answer. Ask a question, get an answer. I mean, they were on it. Um, it is... It is past time. We got a couple of other questions still sitting there. We'll handle them really quick, and then we got to wrap it up. Um, it's past midnight here in the east. I know Shauna has some other things that she needs to do as well. So and I've got, I've got I've got stuff to wrap up for the rest of the night concerning because I got to go back to these videos, you know, tag everything and all that, and then I have to take care of the Hunter Road Media 365 and the Daily Tarot. If you're familiar with what we're doing with Alexa, get those skills. Uh, the Alexa skills for Hunter Road Media 365 and the Daily Tarot. So I got to do those things. Um, but um, here we go. From Nellie Moen, where do spirits go when the home or building is gone? That's a good question. That's an excellent question because honestly, we don't know. And, you know, spirits may decide to do different things. So it's, it's something like what's happened with the Goldenrod. Because the goldenrod is, well, I guess the hole is still there right now. Um, but did are the spirits still lingering around there? Did some of them decide to, you know, find some family that's around? Um, did some decide maybe to go back to St. Louis because the boat was in St. Louis for so long? Um, did they find a local building to go to? Did they, quote unquote, cross over? We don't know. Um, we do, Shauna, we've talked about when we're able to, to go down there and, you know, figure it out. Figure if there's anybody at least there, um, you know, where the Golden Rod has been for the last, what, 15 years or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then this last one, Rico, why would ghosts haunt a cemetery? <laughs> they do, though. Well, I know some people that don't think that they do, like, like, if somebody passes on, they don't hang on to their, you know, hang around their remains and stuff like that. Um, but I'm kind of on the fence. I know that um, cemeteries are active. I've experienced it with my own eyes, with my ears, you know, with, you know, hands-on, you know, things happening. Um you know, do I, you know, a couple of families in particular reach out, you know, by name and then have something, you know, relevant happen that's directed at, you know, whoever I was talking to. Um, and I like to think sometimes that I, I think, I assume um, that even though, you know, when you, when you die that, you know, your remains are no longer I mean, you're obviously not going to hang out with your your remains, but I like somebody who's narcissistic point. might. 
I mean, you know, when you go forward, you know, into whatever form of energy you're in after that, um, I like to think that if someone, you know, comes to visit, you know, or comes to pay their respects, or I like, you know, I wonder if maybe, you know, wherever you are, and in this case, the one place that I'm talking about in particular, you know, they lit just right up the road within walking distance. Yeah. You know, so... I know who you're talking I about, think, yeah. Yeah, so I... So, yeah, maybe they're hanging out at their old property, and we're over there by their headstones, you know, relating the story that we're seeing before us. Just looking at the stones, we see a story, and yeah. we're talking about it, and then all of a sudden, we start experiencing activity there. So, were they just down at their old property, and, hey, there's somebody down there talking about us, and, and come visit. So, um, yeah, I don't think that they just, like, hang around in the cemetery. I think they have different reasons for, for visiting. You know, they, at least for a while after they've passed away, you know, loved ones are going to go visit, you know. And so they may go down there, take a peek, see if anybody's come to visit. Uh, some people have speculated that when uh, when somebody is talking about you, so somebody from the living is talking about you, that you actually get a sense that somebody is. And so if that's true, maybe they pick up on that. And if the person is at the cemetery, they go to the cemetery. Um yeah, I, I think there's a lot of different reasons that they, they may hang out. You know, we talk about, you know, um, haunted objects and, you know, maybe energy being trapped within an object. Well, people are buried with stuff. And so maybe a person's energy has attached to an object that's down in the casket. And so there they are. Um, you know, it could even be that, you know, when they've passed on, you know, well, everybody knows that, well, uh, the whole town is going to end up in this cemetery, so I'll go down there to the cemetery and see if any of my old buds are, you know, down there, you know. I, I think there's a lot of different reasons they could be hanging out down there. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's just to hang out. I, I, I don't think they live in the cemetery, but I think they do come to visit from time to time for one reason or another, you know. And, and maybe it's maybe it's even, you know, that they are there to visit a grave. Maybe that... You know, there's a loved one of theirs that has passed on that they can, for whatever reason, no longer touch base with. You know, if, if there is that quote-unquote other side that they, you know, cross over to, maybe they haven't, if the other person has, and so they go to visit the grave of the person that they can no longer um, get in touch with, they can no longer communicate with, and so they go there. So I think there's a lot of different reasons. All right, well, we need to wrap it up because we've got a bit over here. Um, so we'll do some um, some quick shout-outs. I see people are already um, starting to leave here, uh, Mickey, Ether Shadow. So thank you for dropping in and uh, hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Donna Gordon, thank you, our Cheshire cat that is shenanigating the chat this evening. Um <laughs> Real quick one, Katie Palmer. Thank you, Katie Palmer. Do you think people are more haunted than places? I think some people can be more haunted than places. I think it depends on the person and the place. <laughs> um, all right. So, Sean Oldsmith, thank you uh, very much um, from Australia. Awesome. Um, Pungi Fungi, uh, thank you for hanging out with us again. Carrie Parrish, um, thank you as well. I'm sorry we didn't get your whole story. We only caught like the last bits of it. Um, Zoe Small, thank you. Akuma Grizz. Grizz, thank you. One of our uh, big uh, Patreon patrons along with uh, Tom McNicholas. So uh, we do have a Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash Haunted Road Media. You can check that out. 
And um, also, again, anywhere on social media to if you want to be a part of the uh, the giveaway that we're doing for the 5,000 subscribers. Oh, and if you're new to the channel, please subscribe. <laughs> um, Rika Yamakaze, thanks for hanging out with us tonight and uh, asking a lot of questions. That was great. Um, again, Katie Palmer, Greg Grinkin, thank you. Um, really do appreciate it. Susan Sack, thank you as well. Zippy Davis, guy that's always the first one in here. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Pop, thank you too. Um, you had some questions as well. Um, and you guys seem to have a, a pretty good conversation going back and forth tonight uh, within the chat. So, Ether, we got you. Um, Shay Carroll, thank you, Shay. Really appreciate it again. And um, see, we had uh, Deborah Sosby. Uh, thank you, Chipper Terry. Thank you as well. Lenora Martinez, as always. Dan Hilbert. There you go. Thank you. Um, Nellie Moen, thank you for the uh, questions. Beat3 Airspace, uh, thank you. And yes, I did get the uh, the reposting of your story, so appreciate that. Uh, it was a very, very interesting story. Um, who else do we have in here? Uh, Ren Oak, thank you as well. Um, I saw that you uh, had a lot of insight there in the in the chat. Um, anybody else? I'm just scrolling up a little bit more, and then I'll go back down and wrap it up. I did get Tom McNicholas. <laughs> um, uh, Imreo, I-M-R-E-O. We had the telekinesis question. So, very cool. Okay, and Bridget Willis. Yes, of course. So, I need to give a shout-out to Woody because he was here in spirit. Woody was here in spirit. There you go. And Imlabuda61, thank you again. And Veronica Flores. Anybody else? All right. I think that's going to be about it. we got to run. I'm going to have to get some more tea. <laughs> um, and take care of the 365 stuff. So, um, again, thank you very much for a great episode. Shauna, my love, thank you as well. And... All of you have a wonderful evening again. Thanks for the 5,000, onward to 10,000, and much more coming up. So uh, stay tuned for next week. This week, just real quick, um, Haunted Roads. Of course, we're Haunted Road Media, so we got to have a Friday Night Ghost Rates on Haunted Roads, right? That's on Friday. So, Till then, take care. Thank you.